You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzoy Shabbos, this must be Rizcha Da'isa. I am Avrom Kivalevich and standing in awe once again, sitting in awe, I guess I am, of the great Rabbi Yisif Gavriel Bechofer. We should tell our listeners how much, how much crazy you made of me before the program started. So they won't take you so seriously when you say you're talking, talk, standing in awe. Well, of course, most people know you're being sarcastic, but those who don't just know that it's completely sarcastic. Go on. Right. You, you know what? You, you never have to explain a joke, Rabbi Yosef, okay? You never have to explain a joke. People are naive it... nowadays. They might actually think that there's some respect here. <laughs> a joke needs to say a joke. Okay. You never can tell, you know? I, I'll call We're talking about 1928. Let's go back to 1928. So, in 1928, um, the Rav Shoma Poliachik, the Maitre dies. Yeah, I want to say something about that. Okay, I haven't even set the table, but go ahead. You set the table then. I just want to point out that the Rav Shoma Poliachik, as you know, as we've, uh, some of us just probably know too, died at a very young age, and um, at the age of 52. He died of an abscess tooth, which his brother-in-law, I think it was, who was a dentist, did not treat properly. So um, the um, had the, the Maestro Eler survived. I don't think things would be much different because Moshe Salvechik, who took over in the 30s, was cut from the same cloth as the Maestro Eler. But I just wanted to know if you agree with that. Okay, I didn't know about that. That's a great, fascinating uh, tidbit. That's something to chew on and hopefully not get an abscess from, which is, yeah, yeah wow. That's, that's why I'm always afraid when I get an infection in the tooth, I always go get very nervous. Because, that's right. Look, you know, yeah, the Maitre Trilis, uh, if the Maitre Trilis could go, you never know. Look, yeah. it's talk of, look, it's it's a terrible thing. And um, some someday they're going to have to edit his Ksavim to make the uh, the safer a little more uh, appealing. I think they did, right? Didn't they come out with an edition? Yeah, yeah new edition. New edition, new edition I think, is a little bit more Masudr than what, when the Ksavim that came out. But anyway, the Maitre Trilu. Well, I have to tell you, one of my... One of my I can't even set the table here. One of my, uh, one, one of my um, accomplishments is that um, he has a granddaughter who's kind of like a great-granddaughter, who's kind of like a Talmidah of mine. But she's not. She's not from. Um, but she sent her son to MTA, so it's very nice. Uh huh. And, and, and that was due due somewhat to your influence. Yeah, I'm sure that there yet there are other grandchildren went to MTA, but you know, it's nice to have uh-huh. sent, uh, somebody to MTA. Yeah, we we talked about your many tell me tell me though that you have Baruch Hashem and that uh, all over the. Uh, all over the blogs here. So Baruch Hashem, look, it's a great thing when you can be mashpia, and and that's all. You, I you, wish I could be as mashpia as you, the one with the great podcast, great podcast, who are being mashpia. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, listen, we do have over a hundred thousand downloads, and uh, a lot of them are, are are thanks to our Mishigas. But anyway, as I was setting the table again, the Maitre Tree Eloi, this great Eloi. Brilliant shiurim. The American kids are getting excited about it. Rabdoiv Revel is has, has ideas in his mind because he himself is sort of like a, a, a koch level. He's a person that was all over. He's a person that had great plans for this small institution to actually become a real college, to actually have uh, a, a liberal arts school, to perhaps in the future even award degrees. And of course, that's exactly what happened. 
And he is thinking big. He's thinking big. Now he's also thinking of how he could advance his yeshiva. Now, Dove Revel uh, was one of the people in America that was able to tap into a lot of the money sources that were occurring all, especially his own family. He was an Aiden by Travis, of course, who was a big Oklahoma oil baron. So he had, uh, <laughs> he was quite a millionaire by the time uh, he passed away, also very young at 55. Um, but he had quite a bit of money. And he was able to open money up to the yeshivas in Europe. And as we know, after World War One, it was a great baholo. Yeshivas were closing, opening, moving. One of the yeshivas, of course, th- that was uh, looking towards Revel and the American donors was the yeshiva Sharitera. Yeshiva that was actually Sharitera, that was started by, yeah, Sharitera is Rabbi Wine's yeshiva in Mudsi, yeah. Sharitera, that was started by Bochum, actually, who didn't have a place to go, that were actually caught within the travails of war and decided, no, we're making a stand in this great city of Harodna, Grodna. It's going to be Lithuanian Torah, and we're going to make it work. And as uh, my Rebbe, uh, Ravzelik Epstein, who I was able to learn from, writes in his beautiful uh, history of the yeshiva, says that the Bochum themselves put out a kolkoire to the United States. They started getting money, and they also sent letters to uh, Rav Chaim Oizer uh, that they needed in order to really fulfill their potential to have one of the greatest teachers who could really strengthen and uplift and create the Mokham Torah that they had already pretty much started. And there they turned to your hero, Rav Shimon Shkop Akein. Now, Rav Shimon uh, answered the bell uh, and uh, went to Grodno. Um, he was actually, it's interesting that he was a Rav in a couple of other cities beforehand. Uh, I think it was a Rav. I think it was a Rav. Yeah, she was in them, no? Okay, he was the Rav of the Shtot. He was the Rav in Brainsnik, Brainsnik, right? And the Rav in Maltz. And uh, you're right, they chose him. See, in those days, Rabbi Yosef, unlike today, when you look for a rabbi, in those days, part of the idea of choosing the rabbi was creating the yeshiva, right? right. So, but he was a Rav and Shtot. He was the, uh, the Rav of the city. And he also was going to uh, create the yeshiva, which is, of course, what they wanted him for. Because at Rav Shimon, uh, younger than us even, he started uh, in his early 20s, 23, 24, he started giving the shir and tells and uh, uh, would you say, again, I'm going to get to the point in a minute, but would you say he was one of the people that helped start the Tells Derech? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes? Yeah. Because when he was actually giving those shiurim, the, most of the other types of shiurim were a little bit more standard. He somehow was able, <laughs> this young firebrand, who was able to 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 develop uh, a Lumdisha style that people understood. He was able to find a language. He was able to take some of the Pashtus and ideas that he had was macabre from his Rebbe the Nitziv, and he was able to meld it uh, in a but way. I think also he was he was influenced by his uncle, Reblazer Gordon. In other words, Reblazer Gordon wasn't just a person who helped him out and got him the job. He liked Reblazer's Derek and Learning. Yes, I think Reblazer's Derek and Learning was the it's hard, it's hard to tell so much from the true simulation what his derech was, but it's understood that his derech, he was the progenitor of the Tells of Derech, and his son, Rav Yosef Leib and Rav Shimon, were the primary um, adop- early adopters. 
I think Rabbi Yisav Leib sat by Rabbi Shimon the Shtickle to, to get it. I don't know. It may well be, may well be yeah. I, 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 I think Rabbi Yisav actually Yisav sat was by... was a little bit older. I think it was older. Rabbi Shimon was older. And no, Rabbi Yisav... The other way. Rabbi Yisav Leib was older. Rabbi Yisav Leib was older? We'll look it up. Not much older. They're more or less contemporaries, but I think it was a little bit older. I'll call upon him. The brilliance of 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 Rav Shimon is 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 is, is definitely there. I, and again, it's funny because uh, Rav Shimon's grandson talked about uh, his connection to the Nitziv, that the Nitziv had a, a, a profound influence on him. The avas hatayra the Nitziv had, the love for Talmidim that the Nitziv had. You talked about last week the dour expression on Rav Hanan. That wasn't the case with Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon was someone you could always see. He's, he's so happy, surrounded by his Talmidim. So there's so many pictures of him with his, with his Talmidim, and, and he loved them. He was so mustered to them. And that was one of the reasons why he, he actually, uh, he, he wasn't, <laughs> Brunswick wanted him to stay, but based on Rav Chaim Eiser's promise, he left. And he went to become the Rosh Shiva about 1920 in, in Shar Hatera in Grodna, and it turned into a powerhouse place, a place that people were traveling all over to come from, uh, wherever they were. Now, as I was saying, though, the money was coming in. Suppose if Chaim Eiser said he was going to make sure that there were Mamanim who would take care of the money. But Europe was in such an incredible state of flux at that time that all those plans were failing. So this great yeshiva had 200 guys in it. It already had a, a whole bunch of different levels of shiurim. Rav Shimon would give only twice a week originally. He gave two and a half hours shiurim twice a week. Well, the Rosh Yeshiva in general, in the higher level yeshivas, actually give... Uh, Every day? Room. I don't know. Maybe I'll give share clubbies. What do you think? Um, I, I know when they talk about Velozhin, I know that the Nitziv gave shear twice a week. But he was in the 1800s. Uh, you know, the Velozhin closed right in 1892. I'm talking about the early 1900s. Yeah. Moshe Mordechai, the Arab gave last year in Eitzchai. I know what Moshe Mordechai gave a every day. Uh-huh. I'll call upon him. It was a big treat. The twice a week shear, and that was the... Um, that was a two and a half hour shear each each time. I'm sure it was like Mamish being Pe Mafik Margolison for uh Rav Shimon. But then uh, uh I, you know uh Rav Gusman. Did you go to Gusman sure? I did not I no, I, I was never saying to go to, to, to his yeshiva. I was in when I was in the meeting, I went for a short time yeah, to Syria to Shurim. Um and they were two and a half hours, it's public Shurim, and you it was it's hard for me to describe, but there are two people who sure my game went to where you didn't feel time pass. The Rav. The Rav and Rav Guzman. The and Rav was definitely that. I, 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 I def- when I went to the Rav, uh, <laughs> I could have stayed there. I want to tell you it's someone else who I could have stayed there for hours. This is his son. <laughs> when I heard Chaim speak, my wife said it was the most interminable time she ever spent because she was sitting next to me listening to him. And I could I could have listened to the Rav and his son for hours and hours on end. They they were incredible. Yeah, I wasn't Zohar to Rav Gusman, although I have to say uh, I, I went through Contrasia Shiurim on Kedushin pretty well. And uh, it's one of my favorite Sarm, really. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll maybe have a Shir about, about we'll maybe do a, a podcast about him one day, about uh, Rav Gusman. Anyway. The best, the most profound idea I heard that I actually that I remember offhand from Guzman, and it's like a big insight. I'll tell it to you. But said, he said, why, why is Rov Adif Nechazaka? He said, why should be Rov? So he says, because Chazaka is only Namar Bamokam Suffolk. Rov, by definition, there is no Suffolk. 
because suffix is a suffix hashakul. Mm-hmm. And if you have a roi, it's not a suffix hashakul. So the reason why rubas are going to be is because they don't, can't exist in the same scenario. That's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Right, you're not going to make me hyperlink that, are you? Like you made me hi- like hyperlink your migu b'mokum, whatever it was. No. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to find it because I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's available. I'll cope on him. Two and a half hours. Everybody loved him. No money. America's the place for money. All right. He's going to go. All right. He's not that old. Oh, right. He's born 1860. So we're talking about almost 70 years old. He's going to go to America, tap into the money and keep the yeshiva afloat. Keep Shar HaTayra afloat. And when he gets there, Revel's got an idea. Because the mitrature is gone, he's got the perfect replacement. And he gives him, just like Don Carleone, he gives him an offer he doesn't think Rav Shimon can refuse. Shara Tyra is still going to get the money. In other words, Rav Shimon will stay in America. Rav Shimon will get the great covet of being the Haif Rosh Hashiva of the United uh, here in, in, in what's going to become, in Revel's mind, Yeshiva University or Reitz, whatever, all these conglomerations. Wow. But he's got this idea, and now he's got this greatest Rosh Hashiva in his clutches, and he stangles the Sigluk. Rav Shimon talks about his love for his Talmidim. Revel says, don't worry, we're going to set up money for them. They'll be able to come here. Okay. And Rav Shimon starts to like. In fact, as Rav Zelig Epstein said over, um, and I know this from my good friend Pesach Krohn's book, Travels with the Magid, that Rav Shimon said, I don't know if you've heard this before, that Rav Yisrael Salanter would have told him had he been alive to stay in America. Because that's what was needed. America, the, the Judaism that was changing, that was on its way, and one of the reasons why he did not stay, well, first of all, there was a tremendous campaign. When people heard that he was considering it, and he wrote back to Grodna, Chaim Eiser and the Chafetz Chaim also wrote letters and said, no, no, you can't do this. Rav Yeruchim <laughs> said that this is chas v'shol, how could this happen? If you do this, the Bokhar might all pick up and go to America. And of course, we're applauding and saying, yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> and then it would have, who knows how many more people would have been saved. But... The reason why he didn't stay was because his wife had died beforehand and he would have needed his son and daughter-in-law to help take care of him. He was margish that. He was already a, a zokin in his own mind. And therefore, Rav Moshe Mordechai, who actually, Baruch Hashem, was nitzel, as you know, he was able to, to, to escape. And he, he was went in Slabotka. What? He was in Tchever. Right. Rav Moshe Mordechai uh, uh, Shkop. Oh, I didn't know Moshe Shkop. That was his son. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Rav Shimon man you were. Anyway, so Moshe Mordechai Shkop, who was his son that was Nitzel, was saved. But at the time, Rav Moshe Mordechai said, I got to ask the Rebbetzin. In other words, Rav Shimon said, I'm going to come to, st- I'll stay in what was going to be YU. Let's just call it YU. But his son would have come as well to be a Rebbe. And he needed his son with him. And, and, and Revel said, okay, bring you, your son. His son was already a Magid Shir, already knew the Shimon, Rav Shimon Derech. He already helped put the help put Shariyashir together. So the Rebbitson said, no. She said, we I can't. That this, we should point out this before the Depression. Uh, it was right before the Depression, right. Yeah. Everything was well, about. Everything just fell apart. Yeah, right. But 
she said, no, no, we can't do it because if we go to America, if we go to America, what's going to be with our kids? Nebuch, she lost us, you know, Kalman, uh, her son Kalman, who Kalman Epstein is named after. Nebuch was in Kikimen in the Milchama. But she said she was worried that the kids would, who knows what would happen to them in America. So that pulled the plug on that. And Rav Shimon, as much as he enjoyed it, went back. Now, Rav Shimon, of course, unlike Rav Elkanen, didn't die in the hands of the Nazis. But in 1940. Yeah. Right, right. Actually, according to 1939, the end of 1939, Cheshvin, uh, Yud Cheshvin, 1939, Avek, it's, Nebuch. It's interesting, we should mention that Reb Chaim Eiser, Reb Bar, and Reb Shimon all died just before they would have been killed. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's posh that, and this is why, you know, everybody saw these as, as such terrible simonim of, 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 of the Muhammad. But now we get to the Kivalevich Bechaper alternate possibilities. Let's say that the Rebbitzin wasn't so from. And she said, America, yes, I want to be in America. And what would have happened? The whole family would have come over. Dove Revel would have gotten his Rosh Hashiva. Now, let's give him those years. That would have been from 1928, 29 to 1939, 40. Those 10, 11 years when Yeshiva University becomes university. Who's going to be at the head there? right? It's not going to be Rav Moshe as the main Rebbe anymore, because it sounds like, and this is Zev Elif confirmed this for me, that Moshe Salvechik was option two. <laughs> Moshe Salvechik, who was at that point heading this this yeshiva in, in Varsha, not Tyrus Chaim, where my father was learning, which was the name of his father, but in Yeshiva's Tachkamayni. He was the head of the Talmud department in Yeshiva's Tachkamayni, and the trade what the trade uh, right, right, and he had already been vilified by the Aguda as a total uh, betrayer of his father's uh, life and his father's ideals. There's if even if even if he would have left Tachkamayni, had Rav Shimon stayed in the yeshiva, would he have even wanted to be a shultif with Rav Moshe Soloveitchik? Shim was, I, you know, I, my my impression of Shimon's personality was very much like Rav David Lipschitz, and Rav David Lipschitz stayed in YU even though he played second fiddle to the Rav all those years. So I don't know if Shimon's personality would have such a personality clash. That's yours trying to insinuate. Well, Elif thinks that uh, that Revel wouldn't have made the offer to Rav Moshe. What do you think? If, if Rav Shimon stayed. In other words, this is our alternate thing. Rav Shimon stays in America. He stays in America for 10 I'm 11 asking. He wouldn't have made the offer. He wouldn't have what offered the Moshe Salvechik. Yeah, what do you need for? So what is America now without Rav Moshe Salvechik and the Rav coming? The Rav, does the Rav come to America? What happens? The Rav was ready in Boston. The Rav oh, was ready in Boston. Sorry, sorry. 32. Sorry. Right. Do yeah. your homework, Bechoff. Sorry, sorry. I immediately apologized. Okay. All right. I do. No, no. I just like, slipped up. What can you do? Yes, you slipped. Not, not everybody is... You know, oh, completely honest. I, I prepare for these a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, yes, I think America would have looked different, obviously. I, I don't know how much different. You know, there, there's a story they say the, the Major Terrelli once told of David Leibowitz, the uh, Rosh Hashiva Chavitz Chaim, I think at that time, Torah Das. He said to him, you know, with my time, I should really be learning Mishnayas. So, um, you know, the American kids, I don't know how many actually were Bari Hachi. And it could be that Reb Shimon, just like Reb Moshe, has very few Talmudim. 
who uh, came out and then uh, were actually, uh, you know, uh, big uh, Monhegan in America. The only thing, the only one I can think of offhand is Emmanuel Rackman. And he was, it was a time of Moshe, but I don't think that that, Represented. I don't know. On the Wikipedia page, it says Reb Chaim Zimmerman was a Talmud by Reb Moshe Soloveitchik. Okay, that's another one. Yeah. Anybody else? Um, if you again, we could pause the recording and you can look up the people that. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's as point as we can't think of any offense except for those two. So, so I'm not sure whether that was uh, 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 because I think Reb David. I think was Reb David Leibowitz a little bit by learned by him too. I think for a while. No. 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 Um. So I think that the uh, the um, I don't can't know for sure because the Americans at that time were very low quality. Um, so, but the it w- may well be that there would have been the type of ashpo which even on a I think Herb Shimon's there is much more exciting and therefore would be much more interesting to an American bochum, and uh, especially because it was holistic in that he had you know the masterpiece which got come to Shariyosha and obviously he was about Machshava. And I think his uh, he had a bell time shown as opposed to uh, I don't think Moshe Soloveitchik had this. Uh, well, at least we have no re- record of his having this uh, gestalt of uh, uh, powerful uh, perspective on life, which could have had influence on people. So uh, we would hope that Reb Shimon would have actually. Had he, uh, we would hope. <laughs> we can imagine Reb Shimon had he been here would have turned the Derechalim so in nascent America to from. The what to the why, uh, from the vos to the far vos, and that had set up perhaps even a, a d- American derech, which would then be uh, in contradistinction to the brisker derech. These are all fantasies, but that's what I would fantasize. Yeah, well, in that derech, I mean, what, 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 no one is ever going to uh, um, be mamayat the influence of the rov. What happens? Does, again, let's, let's imagine. But the rov is in Boston. What's it wouldn't have come? Right. So he wouldn't have again part of part of the big elbows that got him the job was his father, right? His father ensconced in Wayu was a Rebbe, was able to get the, 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 the engine going in order to get his son the visas through HTC, by the way, I think originally. And then he ends up in Boston as the Rev of Boston. Now, in our in our alternate World where if Shimon is 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 riding high, the yeshiva is uh, the derech Halimin, as you say is crystallized. What happens to the two Soloveitchiks? What happens to Rav Moshe and Rav Yoshaber? Do they go to Eretz Yisrael? Is that what happens? Probably uh, no. Why Rav Moshe not stayed in Warsaw? Because he hated Tachkamoni. Yeah, he didn't he, like. Obviously, he was there because it was a job. Right, but what he just would have stayed there in the job, even though he hated it. Don't you know people like that? <laughs> he was a tough guy. He was a very strong-willed person, Ramesha Salvechik. People said he was very wild and very he was he was a person who did a lot of he was he was very prone to great outbursts. I don't think he could have stayed long and talked to money. My I would say in my alternate possibilities, you know, he was very upset. He didn't get, you know, it's interesting. And before the Takamoni job came up. My um, uh, relative, my uh, altafeter, Rabbi Yosselapoimer's grandson, the other Rabbi Yosselapoimer, um, uh, who's my altafeter, put out a kol koyre, let's start Velozhin again. This was in 1921. They wanted to restart Velozhin. 
because it was 100 years since the old Voloshin opened up, right? That's when Voloshin, the real Voloshin opened up. It had closed. Let's restart Voloshin. And there was, he put out, he says, all the Enoklach from Rav Chaim should come and all the G'day, that's what he wanted. Rav Chaim's Geza to come. What, what was going on in Voloshin time? Probably there was nothing there. Right, but they wanted to, again, remember, it was it was Karka Chodosh. There was enough Vildkite uh, going on with who's controlling the area that they thought that they would be Matzliach in creating a Lithuanian Torah Center right a- after World War One. Can we be can we be cynical about that? Do you mean they wanted to um, they wanted to trade it on the name for fundraising? No, no. Rabbi Yosef, this is Rabbi Yosef Palmer ended up also going to Borough Park. He was a Rav in a shul in, in Brooklyn. Rabbi Yosef Palmer. I think he meant that they wanted the same way Sharat, they all had the same idea. Let's, the yeshivas aren't finished. Of course, it would depend on American money. There's no question about that. America's money would have been everything. Uh, but, but they want, and it turned out that he didn't get the job, Moshe uh, Soloveitchik. Mm-hmm. It went to his cousin Shapiro. It went to Rafo, it went to Rafo Shapiro's son. And he mm-hmm. became the Rosh Hashiva in Voloshin. Mm-hmm. He brought in Rav Walkin, as you know, and they had these, they had that Voloshin for a number of years as it was operating in the 20s. So when he didn't get that, he took, Moshe Salvechik takes Tach Khomeini as his Steller. But I believe he would have left that Steller as well. He, him and Balaban were not a good Shidduch. Balaban was like the, the, the head man over there in Haskalah. And I think what would have happened is I think he would have gone to Eretz Yisrael, and I think his son would have finished his doctorate. And then what would have happened? He maybe would have gone to Eretz Yisrael. Would he have uh, become chief rabbi at Tel Aviv? <laughs> um, it's quite, I mean, obviously, he did lost out that competition. So I don't know what would happen in the future. But um, I don't know what would happen if it had... had... This, this landscape is, 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 is wild. Because, yeah. Uh, because again, you take Salavechik out of America, then what what happens after Rav Shimon dies? Who becomes his Mamala Malka? Right. His son, Rav Meshamorchaishkop. If that's the case, do we have this 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 incredible Meshamorchaishkop was a fine Eid, but a Riyashabir Salavechik he wasn't. So uh, a JB will be Meichumi he wasn't. So I, I think there's I think there in, in a way you're right. There's going to be an American derech. But is there an American philosophy? Is there something that that, that occurs? Is there a modern orthodoxy that can really pin their hopes on any great mind or leader? So this is a, another well, question. It doesn't happen so much later. It really only happens. And Rabbi Yosheber, if he came to America, he would have been a phenomenon regardless. Remember, he started to, before he went to YU, he was had his yeshiva in Boston where Rabbi Nutter went, right? That's right. All the all the Iluyim went there. All the great Kep went there. Right. Yes. So America might be better off had he kept that yeshiva, right? Than it was. Really so you would, you. So you would like to maybe say that he ends up in Boston somehow, and then he he creates the yeshiva in Boston, and that becomes the best yeshiva in the United States. Yeah, and it could be that there would be a competition between his yeshiva and yeshiva university, and Yadu Tzvi Adir. Do you think Rav Shimon would have been happy with Belk with with uh, not Belkin? But with uh, with uh, um, with Revels making it so secular, was Rav Shimon someone who really felt it was important to have secular studies? Well, Belkin is, uh, Belkin is the one who really not Belkin. I'm talking about Revel. No, I know you said that. Belkin is the one who really secularized Yeshiva University under 
under uh, under rebel, it really did not. It was not secularized to that extent. I think that the yeshiva college had existed under rebel was not something which would have which uh, put off the rest of the world. But Haraya, everybody from all the sec- the segments was masbidim, and when he get, when he passed away, and they were very big, very t- t- very big modos evil and uh, whatever. I, uh, his vision of yeshiva college was not the same as Belkin's vision of yeshiva university. And by you know, and that really happened only after the war. So I don't think he would have been uncomfortable with Rebel. I think either Rebel, Rabbi Shimon, because he was a, a more brave person, he would have been comfortable with it as long as it did not exceed the proper limitations. Mm-hmm. And I guess now the question would be, you know, once if if if, if in our alternate world, the next Rosh Hashiva would probably be Rav Moshe Mordechai Shkup or something like that. Because it, it's not. It, it wasn't. That only happens in in yeshivas where which where they don't have a real functioning board. In a board one yeshiva, it doesn't necessarily work like that. Torah didn't work like that. You're saying even the fact that the rav took over from his father was only due to the rav's brilliance. Yes, not be, it wasn't and the talmidim and the pushing of the talmidim. Of course, yes. Otherwise, it would not have happened. So you you're saying that it would have been a golden era for about twelve years for Shimon in in America. But after that, the ship wouldn't have been so right. different. Everyone would have been up in the air. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I would say, with, uh, to me, the Salvatrics are very family-oriented. I'm not sure if the Rub even gets to America. And therefore, uh, I'm wondering, I, and I would say that the Rav Shimon... I don't know why. I think the Rub would have gone to America anyway. I don't think it was any place from Europe or Israel. Where was he? For his type of person, there was no, nothing there. Nobody would appreciate him. He wouldn't have become a professor anywhere. I hope not. I don't think he would have become a professor. I don't think <laughs> he wanted to be a professor. He wanted to be a Rosh Hashiva. Well, he probably didn't want to be a professor. Again, well, part of it was his father was telling him, I've got a job for you. Again, I have a letter from Mayor Berlin, who, by the way, <laughs> I read this before we started recording. For a couple, for a year and a half or so, Dove Revel went back to Oklahoma <laughs> to help take care of the money over there. Right. And Mayor Berlin, Mayor Barilan, Served as president of the yeshiva. Yeah, he was a mess. <laughs> he was a mess because he made the, he set up the teachers' institute, which which is like the fry part of why you yeah. always, always cause a lot of friction. So, yeah. so I read a letter that Mayor Barilan wrote when he was involved with what was called, let's say, YU or Reitz or whatever it was called, and that he was talking, he was complaining about the way Moshe Salvechik was talking to him about his son. He said he keeps on talking about his son, that his son, we got to bring his son to be this great rebel. He talks about his son like he's the biggest god of Ador. Who is he? He's 20-something years old. This is Mayor Berlin talking. Right. Um, by the way, um, in the Rub's masterpiece, he turns Mayor Berlin into the person who couldn't understand uh, his father, because he's the one who doesn't understand why his father is crying when he's looking out the window over there uh, on Yom Kippur, you know, by, uh, by, by Neila. So he turned Mayor Berlin into a plebeian. <laughs> I'll cope on him. The point is, is that I, 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 it's unclear to me whether the Rav would have assumed the position, of, for sure not in YU, maybe in Boston, maybe as Yeshiva, but I'm not sure if it would have the, the megaphone type of influence that it, that it would have had. Maybe it's what Rianco Weinberg would have wanted, which is the Rav, the Rav gets to America and becomes Rosh Hashiva in Tarevidas, becomes Rosh Hashiva in one of the Yeshivas that isn't associated so closely with the left and everything else. So um, that's a, uh, all right. So I think we've definitely run around the bush on this one, uh, what America would have been. 
uh, we should uh, you should sit your time with Reb Zelig, since you say your time with Reb Zelig, I should say. So uh, <laughs> okay, maybe since I say okay. Reb Zelig would have come be Mas- he was going to be Masada Kedushin by me. Okay, is that is that something? Kalman nixed it because he felt he wasn't well enough uh, to fly all the way to Vancouver. All right. So, so I think- if I wanted him to be my Masada Kedushin, look. He, I think, he's, MS, he's not looking down and saying Kivalevich is my Talmud, but I considered him my one of my rebellion. But go I ahead. Think, I think you should speak about what, what you know, how he came to start a yeshiva called Shana Torah and whether he had any hashba in any way in American Jewry and the yeshiva son there, Halimud. Well, your son went there, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't have a good experience. He was in high school. <laughs> well, I was in yeshiva there myself when the yeshiva was still young in 1980, just a couple years old. And they had just merged, I think, with Itri. Uh, <laughs> Itri and, and yes, uh, basically Sharatera was an incredible, was put together as uh, Itch, like Itri in America, because Rav Elephant was officially involved with this, and Rav Powers Yeshiva had closed in Brooklyn. Somehow they stitched this Frankenstein together and called it Sharatera Grodna. Um, and that's where I got to to be uh, have a shaykhus to Rav Zelik, uh, Zohan of Rocha. Um, and Rav Zelik, again, Rav Zelik, unfortunately, was a um, shell-shocked by the experiences that happened to him in Torah Vedas. Um, and I guess that's what you were really fishing for, you uh, tricky guy, you. I actually did not know they were Torah Vedas before. I, or maybe I did have forgot about it. Okay, first of all, Rav Zelik was... Rav Zelik is Meshich Malamala from Kemat, the whole door that he was working with. Um, an incredible writer. Uh, he helped put together the stuff that you grew up on. He was he was one of the main editors of Chidusha Rav Shim and Alashas. You know that. Yeah, there was uh, Rav Herschel Shechter's, was it Pavanlo? Shapiro? Shapiro. I don't remember. Okay, but, but he was he was working with Dixavim. He put that stuff together again, and there I could say big shot that I went through the sugyas in 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 Xavidenuze, in Xuvis, in the second parak, and the stuff is incredible. That's where you have Rav Shimon distilled. It's not as elegant as Shari Yosha, and it's it doesn't it's not as exciting, but it's really geschmack, and that's what Rav Zelig was working on. Now, while he was working on that, he was also Rosh Hashim and Vidas, And as you know, Rabbi Yaakov was stepping down. Now, Rabbi Yaakov was stepping down, and he was Mimani. He told the board of directors or whoever it was that was running Tayyar Vidas, I don't know exactly who was exactly running things there, that he wanted Rav Zelig to be the Rosh Hashiva after him. And Rav Zelig was giving a shear. It was like, oh, not so well-attended shear. Rav Zelig was so honest. It was hard for him to get super excited uh, and, and say, this is, this is exactly true. Rav Zelik was so multifaceted that he had four or five different possibilities. And sometimes Rav Zelig became very professorial in the way he spoke. Unlike his wife's grandfather, who I have the impression put on a pretty good show when he gave Shear, Rav Shimon. <laughs> Rav Shimon gave Shear, you, like, you, you, right? Rav Zelig was you somewhat. Know, you know that Rav Gusman put on a gartel, not to David. But to say shear, because that's what Rav Shimon did. Shimon put on a gartel to say shear, not to give, not to daven. <laughs> yeah. Man after my own heart, definitely. Um, what are you talking about? You wear a gartel to daven. 
And you should take a look at what Rav Yashabir writes about that, uh, how Avedis Hashem in learning, how that's even greater than davening. So the, the big Rosh Hashivas were very into that. But Rav Zelig, Rav Zelig, unfortunately, was not an exciting Magich here. And there was a almost a revolt, as you know, in Taravidas, that the other... Uh, I thought Rav Gedalia sure was the reason. That's, that was the revolt. Rav Gedalia, the people said no. They they said, we don't want Rav Zelig. I thought they didn't want Rav Yaakov either. Okay. I thought Rav Yaakov went because... Uh, All right. So it was in like many retirements. A lot of retirements are the combination of pressure yeah. and age. But yeah. Rav Yaakov could have been, could have been Machsika Maimed. But the Rav Gedalia Shor part of the yeshiva was stronger. And they... Even though Rav, officially they uh, crowned Rav Zelig, it was almost like a revolution in Tehir Vadas, and Rav Zelig, being the person that he was, uh, decided to step down. And this, of course, was a terrible pachinponim for someone uh, of Rav Zelig's stature. I don't know who was bigger. Listen, the Orgadaliohu is obviously a safer that many of your Talmidim and Talmidot probably love a lot. And it definitely is, a, a, I would say, a pretty successful synthesis of yeshivish thinking and Hasidish thought. I think you'd agree, right? Well, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's a classic or not. I don't have one, but I definitely believe it's, it's a classic. It's, what? A classic. Bechoffer says it's a classic. Yes, Aaron Kivalevich should have one. <laughs> don't, you right. shouldn't gloat that you don't have it. It's Send a, me one. It's a sorry to you that you don't have it. All right, look. Look, I'm, I'm still yeah, working. Yeah, I'm still yeah. working on the big, the bigger. <laughs> I don't have an Asiva Shalom either. Do you have an Asiva Shalom, right? Yeah, well, uh, my wife has an Asiva Shalom. Your wife? Oh, now it's your wife. Right here. <laughs> but that's uh, Asiva Shalom is not more. Uh, it's it, it's not it's not the same as Argadeo. Argadeo is much is much. Heavier and uh, then. Rav Zelik wasn't into the Hasidish thought as much as Rav Zelik was much more, you know, a straight Balseichel. Uh, he wasn't into Chokmas uh, Asaid. He wasn't into Hasidus. And as we know, Brooklyn was becoming a lot more of a Hasidish place. So the kids really were turned off. So Rav Zelik really went into the freezer, Ishtikel, and, and and he was brought out of the freezer by the uh, really the incredible emergence. Of his son, the glottest cup that I know came out in learning, Rav Kalman is al sign. Rav Kalman, who actually has the Shkop genes in him and the Rav Zelig genes, is someone who is such an incredible thinker, such a glottagam person, very not an extrovert in any way. He's not well known at all, though. What? He's not well known. Rav Kalman? Yeah. He should be. <laughs> Rav Kalman, Rav Kalman. Again, I don't. I, 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 did you ever speak with Rav Kalman in learning? No. Okay. You've missed out. He could have. He could have uh, straightened you out a little bit. But Rav, Kal- Rav Kalman is is one of the straightest thinkers in learning I've ever met. The most the glatishikaladas, and I know that that is a Yerusha from not only his incredible father, but also his uh, his great uh, grandfather out of Shimon, and uh, so he brings his father back. To be the titular head of the yeshiva, but so, Rav Kalman started. Yeah, Rav Kalman and his shutif of Shalom Spitz, the son of another very big Talmud Chacham in, in in Newark, 
uh, one of the most famous Masadri Gitan in America, uh, a, a big Lamdan in his own way, mm-hmm. Rosham Spitz's father. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And together, Koyan and Levi together, they start the, um, the Yeshiva Shara Taira, Grodno in Queens. But Rav Zelig at this point is really more of the, just the name. And he comes in and he gives Shiurim. When I was there in Yeshiva, for example, I, when I would listen to Rav Zelig Shir, most of the people there were, were retired uh, Balabatim who Rav Zelig would, would give Shir to, right? The, the young people, like your son or others who would eventually come to Yeshiva, weren't even connected to him. And Rav Zelig would come and give a Shir Kloli. And it was there that I got to know and love Rav Zelig. Um, when, and, uh, I had the incredible schuss to spend a number of Shabbos afternoons with him where he would welcome me into his house in Brooklyn with his sweater. He would walk in and talk to me for hours on end about every topic that you can conceivably think of from Haskalah to Kabbalah, Hasidus, and including some of the greatest Shaul Lieberman stories you're ever going to hear. And Baruch Hashem, you know, I had this schuss to... How do you have Shaul Lieberman stories? What is the what? Shabbos? The Shaul Lieberman wanted Rav Zelig to come to um ATS? Yes. Really? Rav Zelig was having there was some issues about Rav Zelig getting into the United States. Uh and 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 and, and Lieberman might have been able to pull some strings <laughs> to get him into New York with JTS. And Lieberman <laughs> Said to him, it's I heard this from Rabzelig's own mouth. Rabzelig said this to me. That Lieberman said to him that it would be great. You can sit and learn, get all this far that you want. They give they treat you like a melech. This is what, you know, and you'd be able to, to write things. By the way, Rabzelig was one of the people that was tapped by one of my heroes that we mentioned then way back when. If you remember in the beginning of COVID, Rabzevin. Uh Rabzelig was one of the editors. Oh, yeah, right. He wrote for the encyclopedia. Sure, for the yeah. encyclopedia. Yeah. So, you know, Chaval al Avdin, really, yeah. that um, that the yeshiva world wasn't ready. It could be in our alternate world, uh, Rav Zelik would have take would have been one of the great Magid Shir in Yeshiva University because with his grandfather, his wife's grandfather as Rashiva, and then his father-in-law, that would have been a great, great landing place for Rav Zelik and for America as well. So that's part of our alternate world here. Okay, so I think that sort of wraps it up for this fantasy. And we'll be back next week with another fantastic voyage into the past. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.